Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. It's just you and me today. It's just you and me. There's no guests. There's no noise. Yeah, we're going to hit, obviously, the big political issues of the day. But this day is about you. Email in your questions, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I'll get to them in a second. I want to address this first and foremost, though. Joe Biden, the headlines are all over the place, requiring vaccinations for 1.5 million people in the military. 1.5 million. Here's what's happening right now, and I know you can feel it. I know you can see it. Let's just lay it out there, what's happening, and then we'll get to all the whys. What's happening is this. Coronavirus cases are on the rise. People I talk to behind the scenes are saying this. Yeah, it's a virus. It's a seasonal virus. This is clearly the season where it's going to sprout. What's the big deal? To which I, I, was, do, I was doing the best I could to just be, you know, collect information guy. And so I said, okay, well, we're not worried about the New variants, they're saying there's a new variant, there's a Delta variant, right? And they're saying, well, no one's dying. Why would we be worried? So what you're seeing is this. A massive, massive crank up of the panic from Biden and the media and entertainers and corporations and everyone else under the sun. There's a new variant, it's a Delta variant, it may infect everyone, everyone has to get vaccinated now, and so they're cranking up the pressure every single place you look. I just got a text from the wife right before the show. A lady we know just got fired from her job. Got fired. I, I can't say the name of the company simply because she refused the vaccine. And she, she's not alone. She's not alone. This is something. Maybe it happened to you. This is something that, that, that is taking hold across the nation. They're not playing around anymore. They acted like in the beginning they were kind of, well, I mean, get the vaccine if you want. I, we, we think you should, but, you know, it's obviously voluntary. We can't make you do it. Oh, they're going to make you do it. I take that back. They're going to try to make you do it. And again, that's your decision. Don't you dare do it because someone shamed you into it. You want it? Go get it. You don't want it? Don't get it. Now. What should be our response to this? And then I'll tell you why all this is really happening. What should be our response to this? Because I think you and I have a responsibility now. I think we've had one, but now you're starting to see we really have one. You do have a responsibility. Your responsibility is noncompliance. This thing, I I don't want to bring you down because it's Friday and we're going to get to your questions and all kinds of stuff. I don't want to bring you down, but you must understand this. You must This thing doesn't stop ever until you stop it. There is no destination where we'll finally get to point blank and then they'll back off everything. They've lied to you for a year and a half, 15 days, a month, Easter, maybe the vaccine, lies after lie after lie after lie. It's time to grow up. All of us. It's time to grow up and realize This is about power and control, and they're not going to get tired of it. People don't get tired of power. They don't. You know why? It's fun to be in power. It's a lot of fun. 
You tell people to do things, they go do it. It's a blast. We had a uh, personal assistant for a while on the show. We're hiring another one soon just because the, the, now that the show went super national, it's so big, we need, we need help. Chris and I need help. But we had a personal assistant for a while on the show. And, of course, I treated him like crap. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. But it was – look, it was nice to be, hey, uh, hey, man, I need a cup of coffee. Out he goes out the door, goes to get you a cup of coffee. Now, obviously, we didn't, we didn't exactly beat the guy up, and, and he ate well and whatnot, but that's nice. When you have one, you want another one. That's a tiny example of power. These people, presidents, senators, congressmen, mayors, governors, they love being able to tell you what to do. They love it. And, and I would love to sit here and tell you that makes them uniquely evil. Ah, these, these people are worse than anyone who's ever lived. No. That's all of human history. It's people getting power and not wanting to give it back. Have you ever heard of Cincinnatus? Cincinnatus, you never heard of Cincinnatus, Chris? Good grief, the school system in this country. Cincinnatus was a Roman in the early days of the Roman Republic. He was a Roman, and he was lionized by Rome. They, they practically worshipped this guy. Why? Because he did something they considered to be nearly impossible. When Rome would get in trouble, mainly wars and stuff, they would appoint a dictator, a dictator who was only supposed to hold total power. He had total power, could do whatever he wanted, but only while it was necessary. As soon as the war was over, disaster was gone, he was supposed to give it back. Cincinnatus was one of the ones who actually did give it back. He was lionized because he was the man who swam against human nature. Human nature is, and to be honest, it's in you, it's in me too, Human nature is get power, hold power, because I like having it. This is never going to end. It's not going to end with vaccinations. The Delta variant isn't going to be the next variant. I, you can say I'm nuts. Ten years from now, it'll be the Tango variant. I guarantee it. Tango variant is here. We're going to lock down again if everyone doesn't go get their 17th vaccine booster shot now. Oh, wow. Look at that Pfizer stock. I can't believe it went up again. No way. This doesn't ever end until you and I decide I'm done. I'm free. I'm not doing it anymore. And I'll caution you one other thing before I get to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. And we have, of course, some nutso writer at ESPN who hates the American flag and everything. We'll get to that in a minute. But one last thing. One last thing. Remember this. There's a reason you're seeing all these panicky news stories, all these headlines about cases. Cases are up. Have you heard about the coronavirus cases? Oh, my gosh. The cases, 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 cases. There are a bunch of new cases, this many cases. That's weird. They aren't reporting on the deaths. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder why they wouldn't report on the deaths. I mean, surely those numbers are really scary, too. You want to know what my medical friends told me? Of course, off the air, because you, you, you risk your job, your livelihood as a doctor now saying this. You want to know what my medical friends told me? Jesse, yeah, some people are going to die, but we are more than equipped to handle coronavirus now. All these hospitals, they're all ready and able 
to handle coronavirus. No, they're not overwhelmed. Don't believe those lies. No one has pictures and video of a hospital that's overwhelmed. All you have is lies. And we have the treatments. We have the ventilators. We have the stuff needed. If you have coronavirus and you're getting symptoms from it, go get your butt checked in and get fixed. We can handle it now. Life should go on. But instead, we are racing the opposite direction. And we have actually an Ask Dr. Jesse question about that. Allow us to begin on our Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. Hi, Doc. Like many people, I've been asking myself why Democrats have been pushing forward so strongly with their stupid policies that aren't popular, even with some of their own people. I know, I know, the conventional wisdom is either A, they're obviously living in a bubble, or B, trying to accomplish as much as possible before they lose in 2022 and 2024. Okay. Allow you and I to have a little chat here about what we're up against and why we're up against it. First of all, he said they're living in a bubble. That's partially true, but that's not the real reason Democrats push so many policies now that aren't popular. And they aren't popular. We have all the poll numbers that show everything Democrats are trying to do right now, people are horrified by. Joe Biden's poll numbers are in free fall. Do you really want to know why? Why they do this? I'll tell you in a second. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. For example, if you happen to have a lot of interaction with folks who are unvaccinated, let's say you're a parent like me who has young children at home who are not vaccinated, that's a circumstance where being extra cautious and wearing that mask, uh, even if you're fully vaccinated, uh, wearing it, wearing it out, go outside when you're in indoor public locations is an extra step to protecting those at home. Who was that wingnut? I mean, what, how did they let some nut job on the television, some unscientific nut job who doesn't know anything about medicine? Chris, who was that? Oh. Oh, that was the Surgeon General. Back to the email. This plays right into my point. The email was, it's the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The email was, why do Democrats push so strongly with policies they know people hate? The majority of the American people hate these policies. They saw the Surgeon General say that last night, and they're horrified. Most of America. Most of America. Horrified. Obviously, they're thinking, who is this idiot? That's crazy. What are we doing? They're thinking all these things. The same things you're thinking. Why? Why push forward? Two reasons. And you have to understand these two reasons, or you'll never be able to properly combat the people we're up against. One, communists, they care more about communism than they care about winning elections. That's why they've been so effective taking over this culture over the last century. Republicans... They care more about winning elections than anything else. Anything else. Republicans actually care more about winning elections than Democrats do. It's all they care about. Just be nice to me, Mr. Newsman, and, and don't be too mean so I can win. Love being in Congress. That's what Republicans think. Yeah, Democrats want to win re-election. They don't want to lose. But they understand there is a higher calling for them at stake. 
They are serving their God. You will always be confused by what they do until you accept they are not doing politics. They are serving their God. There is nothing higher for them. Barack Obama, I've used this example before, and it's 100% true. Barack Obama knew, he knew when he passed Obamacare, it was going to be a disaster for Democrats. He knew this. They had all the poll numbers. Remember how much the American people hated it? They hated the thing so much. There were protests. They had to pass it at midnight. He knew they had all the poll numbers. He knew Obamacare was the most unpopular thing in the world and that if he passed it, he was going to get crushed in the midterms and not be able to pass a single other piece of legislation. And you know what Barack Obama did? Passed it anyway. Because he knew the higher calling. There was a higher purpose out there than the next election. That's how they approach things. That's number one. That's the one reason why they continue to move forward with things people hate. They don't care that you hate them. They know you hate them. They're serving their God. That's one. Two, and this part is big. Well, you know what? Let me use this as an example. Do you know I had somebody offer me Jesse Kelly. And I mean, who am I? This is even before the show went super, super national. You know, over 200 stations nationally. It was a national show back when this happened, but wasn't nearly as big as it is now. Do you know I had somebody, a business, I'm not going to tell you the name, offer me $10,000 to give a speech? 30-minute speech. That's That's a true story. Now, what does that have to do with anything? The second reason Democrats will push so hard for policies they care about is this. When you have power like they do, when you have all the institutions like the left does, your life isn't bad when you leave office. Let's say, uh, now this won't happen, but this is a great example. Let's say Nancy Pelosi. Some conservative firebrand sweeps into San Francisco and all those people wake up out of their drug-induced haze one day and decide they're Republicans and they go vote for the Republican and Nancy Pelosi loses at the midterms. Oh, devastating, right? Oh, man, how could she go on? She's got to be crushed. She's probably going to live in a box and do heroin like everyone else in San Francisco. No. You know Nancy Pelosi would walk out of that seat, and she would immediately walk into, uh, this is a guess here, but I'm probably close to right, probably a half million dollar a year job at CNN or MSNBC to be a talking head on television. And that pales into comparison what she would get on the lecture circuit, giving speeches to businesses, to colleges. I mean, $100,000 a speech? $200,000 a speech? How many of those do you have to give a year while still living really, really, really well? You remember that story about uh, Yellen? Janet Yellen? Janet Yellen. Remember that story about Yellen? You remember the story about what she did in between Obama's presidency and Biden's presidency? You see, she lost, right? Obama lost, and then boom, she was out, and oh, that sucks. Poor Janet Yellen. She's probably collecting unemployment, barely getting by. No, I'm doing this from memory, so you'll have to forgive me here. But no, I believe she made about $3 million giving speeches to Wall Street in between Obama and Trump. When you're part of the system, as these hardcore left-wingers are, when you're part of the system, you don't fail. 
You don't fall on your butt. That's part of the reason so many p- people choose to become part of the system. It's the ultimate job insurance plan. Look, I understand you're worried you might lose your seat in Congress if you pass this super unpopular bill. I get that. Don't worry. We will take care of you. And they do take care of them. More than one of the great benefits the left has in this country over us, one of the great benefits they have is their rich people, their super rich people are activists. They have billionaires. We have billionaires too, just like they do, but they're billionaires, they're activists. They're billionaires, they'll just straight up throw money, I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars at, at problems or at things that will keep people who are on their side employed. I mean, you saw, what was it, Joe Biden's, uh, what was it, cancer research firm? It raised something like $3 million. And again, I'm doing this from the top of my head, so I may be off on the numbers. It raised millions of dollars. And he hired all of his Democrat friends. And they couldn't find any money that actually went to cancer research. Weird, right? Weird how that works? Well, the truth is... They have enough mega, mega wealthy donors. They know the deal. They know Joe Biden's cancer research project is a sham. They understand they're simply shelling out their money to make sure all these guys can keep affording their Bentleys. They write the checks anyway. That was a long way of explaining that's why they don't care if they lose seats. Republicans care if they lose seats. Democrats know you have the ultimate golden parachute, baby, if you lose a seat. That's just a fact. What do you care? I mean, why would I, what if I was a millionaire? What if I had a $10 million in the bank right now? And now they would never do this, but Premier, my company, the, the, the reason I'm on the air right now. What if Premier came down and said, Jesse, we want you to drink battery acid on the air. Okay, well, I quit. I'm going to go spend my $10 million. I'll see you. What if I didn't have a dime? Okay, it might be time to toughen the old stomach up and drink some battery acid. Do you, under, you understand what I mean? That's why they can take more risks. The press will treat them well, and their livelihood is fine. All right, we have another America hater in sports. It sucks. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday, on a great Friday, and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Email your questions during the show. That's fine. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I am considering giving out the phone number today. If I do, it'll be about a half hour from now. I will make my decision in 30 minutes. I have a phone number for you. I could give it to you right now if I wanted to. I'm drunk on this power right now. Uh, What, Chris? I just said people don't give back power. I'm drunk on it. I don't know if I'll give it out. Maybe I'll never give it out. All right, I'll get to this ESPN reporter hating on America in a second. But first, we have some heavy Ask Dr. Jesse questions again after that first one. Dr. J. Steele Kelly, sombrero samurai of the Gulf Coast. You took great pains to assure the audience Wednesday that you did not marry a foreigner despite your wife's run on the Canadian National Gymnastics team. One, we don't have to keep bringing up that it was the Canadian National Gymnastics team, okay? She was born in Ohio. 
They moved him on. They moved to Ohio or they moved to Canada when she was young. She's an American. She's a dual citizen. I've been trying to get her to renounce that, but that's another story. Oh, anyway, back to the email. Are there any countries you'd be willing to give a pass on that front? I asked because my wife was born in Poland and came here when she was six. Her family here is rapid, rapidly anti-communist, and I've never met prouder American citizens. Her dad came here with literally nothing and through pure ferocious force of will has built himself a nice masonry company and a great life and family. They appreciate this country and all it stands for in a, in a way entitled American commie children cannot fathom. My, way, my wife is a six-foot-tall dime. He says I'm 6'5", so she can easily rock heels, no flats, and a high-earning eye doctor as well as a fantastic mom to our kids. Brother, I hit the lottery, and there are definitely a few places outside our shores breeding phenomenal women worth considering. Flipping the question around, which countries should a young, red-blooded American male steer clear of? <laughs> Aside from Italy, of course. <laughs> he says I can use his name. His name is, is Andy. He says, thanks for bringing the light, truth, and laughs every day. Okay, first of all, first and foremost, Poland is always acceptable. Always acceptable. There's a reason. It's hilarious to me. We have a bunch of international downloads now for the podcast. If you want to get the podcast of the show, it's all on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. And Poland is one of our biggest ones because <laughs> I'm so anti-communist. I mean, look, once you've been spit-roasted by Nazi Germany and Stalin's commies at the same time in World War II, you take a different approach to freedom. Polish people love freedom, so that's one. Two. I don't genuinely care if a man marries a foreign woman if that's the best he can get. Now, let me explain. Let me explain because I know people are getting mad. One, I don't have anything against foreign women. I've chased after them myself when I was bouncing around the globe. I don't have anything against foreign women. I don't have anything against marrying foreign women at all. And like this guy said, oftentimes... Women born outside of America, because our values are kind of screwed up now, they're better wives, they're better mothers, they're better I mean, better a lot of things. So in, in, in all seriousness, I don't care. But I will tell you, well, here's a personal story, a slightly personal story. You know about my time in the Marine Corps. Oh, I should not be telling this story on the air. You know about my time in the Marine Corps. You also know at one point we went to Thailand. We went to Thailand for the jungle warfare training. I've told you the dysentery, dysentery story before. I'm not going into that again. I don't want to relive it. But we're in Thailand, it's a, a bit of a dark place. It can be a, a, an ugly place at times. Really, really, uh, man, what's the best way I can put this? A country that poor and that is run that way, in the major tourist destinations, the major touristy parts of it, like we went to Patia Beach. That's where we went for fun outside of the beach, outside of the base, and it was a real touristy part. Uh, gosh, how do I even say this on a family show? Ladies of the night are everywhere. And I don't mean on a street corner or on this little part of town. I mean they're everywhere. What, Chris? Chris said, are you sure they're ladies of the night? Yeah, buddy, you, you know what? You better be checking for the Adam's apple. But anyway, that's another story entirely. We're not going there right now, Chris. 
I mean, it's a trade. It's actually really disgusting and evil. It's a trade. I know we monitor people who visit there internationally because there are some real dark underbelly parts of it, even though that was already dark. I, long way, long way of putting it. Um, it's a rough place. Okay. One of the guys I know who will obviously remain nameless in the Marines, one of them chose to partake. Now, he is, if this is going to sound so mean, I'm not trying to be mean. He is a very ugly person. He just is one of those guys. Look, you are how God made you. There's no shame in it. He's just one of those guys. If you looked at him right now, you would probably recoil in horror. You would think he was a can. You would think he was a character on The Walking Dead or something like that. And I mean everything. We're talking the premature balding, the gigantic nose, the bad skin. The, he was tiny too, just a short little runt, just a mess. And probably the most lovesick human being I've ever met in my life. During our entire time in the Marine Corps, all he wanted was a woman. You know, if you're a dude who's never had a girlfriend, you've never had a woman, it's all you think about. It's all you think about. And no, Chris, you answer your question. No, he did not. He had never had a girlfriend in his life. And we're talking, he's probably 20, 21 at this time. Just lovesick. Lovesick, right? And he not only uh, chooses to partake in the <clears throat> nightlife over there, he falls in love. No, he did, Chris. I know. I know. He falls in love. He chooses to keep returning uh, every chance he gets. I'm really, I'm really tiptoeing around this story here, okay? Bear with me. He chooses to keep returning every chance he gets. And then one day comes to us. We're getting ready to leave. Day, one day he comes to us. And by the way, we did see this girl. I, it would, she, she's somebody he would bring out when we're watching the kickboxing matches and having some beers and stuff like that. And, and, I mean, obviously, a very, very beautiful Thai girl. You know, okay. He comes to us one day and said, no, Chris, it wasn't a man. Okay, stop with that. He comes to us and says, guys, I think I want to marry her. Now, I understand you're recoiling in horror right now. I can see you. I can see your jaw hanging open as you look at the radio. I, I understand that. And I want you to also understand this. We all did too. And then we made merciless fun of him. Are you out of your mind? What are you going to bring? How are you going to explain that to your mom when you come back? Oh, hey, mom, look what I found. I, what are you going to You going to bring her in your carry-on? But he was dead serious. He was dead serious. And he wouldn't have been the first to have done such a thing either. You put a ring on her finger, she can come back to the States with you and whatnot. But I didn't say this to him at the time. And part of me regrets not saying it at the time. I don't, I, I look, I have a laundry list of things I've screwed up in my life. This is probably one of those things I screwed up. I don't know. Part of me wishes I had pulled him aside and said, bro, go for it. Go for it. Now, you can shake your head all you want. And obviously, I'm as horrified by the idea of it as possible. But how are you going to tell a man who can't land a girl ever, let alone a beautiful one? I mean, every guy wants a dime, right? He can't land a girl of any kind, let alone a beautiful one. How are you going to tell him, sorry, it looks too bad if you do this? Part of me thinks... He should have maybe maybe put her through some medical tests and thrown her on a plane, baby. 
What else does he have to lose? It's that. Oh, what? What? He's. I almost guarantee you, he's still alone to this day. He's probably forty-five years old, still alone to this day. Never had a wife. Never had a girlfriend. I bet he regrets it. Shoot, he probably went back over there and got her for all I know. <laughs> all right, that's enough of those stories. Quit that. We got to talk about an ESPN reporter dumping on the flag. Hang on. But first, I love saving money. It's one of the things I love the most. I've always loved it. It's probably because I used to be poor. I love saving money. I have a steal for you right now, one I've taken advantage of myself. My pillow. They have this amazing six-piece towel set. And it's all USA cotton, and it's normally $109.99. Like I said, it's a great towel set. My listeners get a deal right now. If you go to MyPillow.com and you click on the radio listener specials, you have to use the promo code JESSE, but you get this set for $39.99. Again, like all their products, it comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's how confident they are. This thing's normally $109.99, now it's $39.99, but you have to use the promo code JESSE at MyPillow.com. Go there today, save some money, get yourself a bunch of MyPillow stuff, enjoy. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Turn that song off, Chris. That's just mean. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. That was Chris openly mocking my old Marine buddy about almost making some bad decisions overseas. I'm not going to repeat the story if you missed it. Well, wait a minute. Not almost making bad decisions. Making more bad decisions than the ones he already made. I'm not going to repeat it for anybody right now. I'm never going to repeat that story again on the show. I just feel like I need a shower. If you, if you want to hear it, go to iHeart, Google, Spotify, or iTunes and download the podcast after the show. Gosh, that's so icky. <laughs> All right. We have a bunch of Ask Dr. Jesse questions. But first, I did want to address this. As you know, I have said repeatedly, and I, and I will maintain this to my dying day, patriotism is really what we're lacking in this country. And patriotism is not some hokey thing. It's not fireworks on July 4th and all that rah-rah America stuff. Love of your nation, love of your nation is a critical part of having a successful nation. It is critical. It's everything. If you have a country full of people who hate the place, here's what happens. They live their entire lives Whatever, the, whatever field they choose to be in, be it business or politics or whatever they do, they live their whole lives with no sense of duty or obligation to the country. In fact, if they feel any duty or obligation, they feel a duty or obligation to trash the place because they believe it's an evil place. That's part of the reason we are in so much trouble now is we have people at our highest levels of power They hate this country. Do you have any idea how many Fortune 500 CEOs would side with China over the United States of America if we went to war today? A lot. A lot. Do you have any idea how many people in the Democratic Party would love for us to be taken down a notch? How many actors and actresses and sports stars and and professors and, and pastors and 
FBI agents. You have any idea how many? A shocking percentage. And remember, that didn't happen overnight. That didn't happen out of the blue. That happened when the communists took over our education system. That happened when they took over the education system and your dad and my dad and his dad before him and his dad before him. They all sent us off to school for seven, eight hours a day. And it's not their fault because they didn't grow up this way. They sent us all off to school for seven, eight hours a day where people learned for generation after generation after generation about how bad America sucks. How bad America sucks. And it, it used to be less overt than it is now. So it would be just little things, right? It would be just, I mean, all right, class, we're doing American history. So what we're going to focus on is we're obviously going to focus on the scourge of slaughtering the Native Americans and then slavery. We're going to focus on slavery, of course. And then, of course, the civil rights. And, well, that's it for American history. And we did this for decade after decade after decade after decade. And now we have a society full of people who've been educated on how bad the place sucks. Yuri Bezmenov, that great, well, he's dead now, but former Russian KGB guy who came over here and gave that great speech I've told you to go listen to online. It's on YouTube. He told you. He told you what they did and why they did it. And it worked. Demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. Three decades. Do you know when he said that? Do you know when he was speaking right there? It was 1984. What does that mean? Well, it used to mean that the nutjobs who hated the country, they were the radicals you'd see on the street corner. You know, with their crazy signs, America sucks, evil empire. You know what I'm talking about. People used to see back in the 80s and 90s. When you've educated people for that long about how bad America sucks and how great communism is, they're not on the street corners anymore. They're in your corporate boardrooms. They're in the Oval Office. They're sitting in your Senate offices. They're sitting in your pulpits. They're running your FBI. They bring you your news. They bring you your sports. Headline, foxnews.com, ESPN writer, troubled by American flag at Olympics. Quote, I keep thinking back on the Capitol riots. William Roden said on CBS this morning he enjoyed covering the Olympics during his long career, but felt differently in 2021. Quote, I love the opening ceremonies, March of the Countries. Then I realized, you know, man, particularly after these four years, I had it wrong. Nationalism is not good. We've seen the rise of white nationalism. Nationalism is not good. And also this whole idea, I keep thinking back on the Capitol riots, and I saw a lot of, you know... U.S. flags. That's ESPN. That's who brings you your sports. You cannot continue on as a nation if you are raising people who hate the country. I want honest history taught to our kids. By the way, we have a new history podcast dropping very soon. We got the Tenko stuff worked out. You'll enjoy it. 
But I want honest history taught to our kids. I have no problem tackling issues, and I do all the time, of race and slavery and things like that. I have no problem talking about that, honestly. However, we must understand, we must understand, we are either raising a generation of people who love and appreciate where they live, or we are finished. There is no fixing a country full of people who hate it because the people who hate it don't want to fix it. That's where we go wrong. That's where I try to explain to people when they yell about things like uh, uh, open borders. Open borders is a great example. Why are they opening the borders? It's ruining the country, but it's bringing in disease. It's, it's th- they know. They want to ruin the country. And that's so hard for people to wrap their minds around because for so long it was Republicans and Democrats. It was JFK, right? JFK loved the country. JFK's gone. The people in charge now, they want to ruin the country. That's the goal. All right, I'm going to stop with this now. We're going to get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I told you it was going to be a great day. It is a great day today. I cannot believe I told you that Thailand story. Gosh, I have to learn how to control my mouth. This is this is why we always end up getting in trouble, Chris. Let's get back to your emails on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse, listen to you on the way home talk about lockdowns and virus crap. I have a way to fix this now that no one is talking about. We know masks won't work. We know the vaccine does not work. We know social distancing doesn't work. So why continue the same BS? If I did this at my job, I'd be updating my resume. Why is no one talking about the therapeutics that came out early in the pandemic? So on and so forth. Listen, lots of people talked about it. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. So he's talking about you know hydroxychloroquine and all these others. It's a great question because doctors and nurses were coming out right away when coronavirus came out. And they were saying, well, uh, this has been extremely effective. We're using this very well. But here's the problem. When you even ask the question, you're missing the point. They don't want to stop, don't want to treat coronavirus. They don't care if you die from coronavirus. They don't. I know people have a hard time with that, or people think I'm being over the top about that. I'm really not. These people don't care. They care about money and they care about power. Why did none of these other treatments get really looked into? Well, if if you're going to start prescribing something that's already cheap and readily available on the market, how does that help any one of these people gain money and power? Does it help a vaccine company if you're going to prescribe something that's already out there? What do you think? Now, honestly, whether or not you're pro-anti-vaccine, set that stuff aside. I will put on your big boy pants. Let's have a talk. Do you think uh, Pfizer, do you think Pfizer wants you to get treated with some medication that's readily available and already approved and all that? Or do you think Pfizer would prefer the federal government chuck about $90 trillion at it so they can come up with a vaccine? Oh, and then a vaccine that... Well, you need two doses. Okay, uh, maybe a booster shot or, or a second one. Which do you think they would prefer? Of course. We, people miss the boat on this whole coronavirus stuff by thinking the government wants to solve it. 
I mean, you heard you heard the Surgeon General. Chris, play this again. You heard the Surgeon General. This this human being, this guy is supposed to be. Realize this is the Surgeon General. This is the United States of America. He's our Surgeon General. If there's one person in the country Americans want to believe when he gives out medical advice, it's this guy. And instead he says things like this. Uh, for example, if you happen okay. to have a lot of interaction with folks who are unvaccinated, let's say you're a parent like me who has young children at home who are not vaccinated, that's a circumstance where being extra cautious and wearing that mask, uh, even if you're fully vaccinated, uh, wearing, wearing it out, outside when you're in indoor public locations is an extra step to protecting those at home. That's the Surgeon General. Now, here this this actually points to where we are as a nation. And gosh, this is getting pretty down in the dumps. We've got to get back to the questions here. But this, is, this points to where we are as a nation. I want to be able to trust the Surgeon General. But our Surgeon General is a moron. What does that mean for us if the top medical official in the United States of America is an idiot? Where does that leave us? Because Americans in general want to believe that guy. Many Americans do believe that guy. It's part of the reason I actually still have, while I still make fun of him, I still have some mercy for people I see walking around with, you know, walking around with your child outside, both of you double masked. The person you see driving around with their mask on. These are people who still trust people they should be able to trust. They just shouldn't be trusting them. You should be able to trust your Surgeon General. You realize that, right? It points to how destroyed we are as a nation that you can't. And people who still choose to trust them, I get it. I get it. It's hard. That's quite a moment. If you wake up one day and say, oh my gosh, my whole government, my whole governmental system is broken. That's quite a thing. That is quite a thing. Oh my gosh. The Center for Disease Control is completely politicized and has no idea what it's talking about? That's quite a thing to wake up and have to accept, right? That's a that's quite a moment. Oh my gosh, the the FBI? They only care about going after Republicans now and protecting Democrats? Man, that hurts. That's not something easy. Uh, these are times where we're constantly having to swallow these jagged pills. It's hard to swallow this stuff for everybody but Kamala. Uh, what? Sorry, what, Chris? We can make jokes on the show. But in all seriousness, that's hard. It sucks. I'm not celebrating it, but we do have to get there. Otherwise, we'll never be able to combat it. The reason we're going back to all the things that didn't work before is they're not trying to solve anything. They're not trying to solve anything. And they know all these things are ridiculous. You remember. You remember Dr. Burks, right? Remember Dr. Ver- Dr. Burks, the face of our coronavirus response, her and Dr. Fauci? Remember what happened last Thanksgiving? I still laugh when I think about it. Dr. Burks gets up behind the microphone and tells everybody, listen, this thing is really spreading out there. No traveling for Thanksgiving Only hang out with your immediate family, no one else. Millions could die. Don't travel. Promptly leaves, goes, gets on a plane, and flies to Delaware for some gigantic family gathering with both sides of her family and everything else. These people know they're all full of crap. 
They're not trying to solve coronavirus. They don't care. They don't care. Let's get to your questions. Dr. Jesse, I'm really going to need some What Chris merchandise soon. The show is just as good after the move. I enjoy it every day. Thanks for making my workday go easier with the podcast. Handsome, handsome, Shogun Sombrero, blah, 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 blah. Great show. <laughs> what, Chris? Maybe we do need some What Chris merch. Dr. J. Steele Kelly, Master of the Universe, ESQ. Esquire? That's a lawyer, isn't it, Chris? Are you making that up? Do you know it's a lawyer or not? It can be used as a lawyer or a fancy gentleman? I'm a fancy gentleman. What? I am. I know how to oblaw and stuff. I'm a bit of a, a, a renaissance man, if you will. Anyway, I have four children, and I have <clears throat> several guns in my house. My oldest is 14, and my youngest is five. I don't ever want my children to be curious about guns, so I show them to the kids and let them hold the guns regularly. All but the youngest have been to the range with me and fired both, both rifle and handgun. What do you do with your kids to keep them safe with firearms, and what else should I be doing? Says, please read my name. His name is Tim. Oh, and the kiddos want their names read. All right, we got Raylan, Jonah, Malachi, and Leela. Shout out to the kiddos there. Now, listen, bud. You're already doing the right thing, and you're doing what I do. Parents, parents worry about their kids and firearms. Understandably so. Understandably so. Those stories where a child gets a hold of a loaded weapon and kills his brother or himself. I mean, is that not the worst feeling in the world? Can you even imagine what that would feel like? The worst feeling in the world. And here's where parents miss the boat on it. They don't do what you're already doing. Just satisfy the curiosity. People, people love the forbidden. They love the forbidden. It's part of our fallen human nature. We love the forbidden. Why do you think your ex-girlfriend, the redhead named Tiffany, why do you think she ran off with the drummer? Do you think she thinks she's going to have a happy, long life with the drummer and raise nice babies and he's going to be wildly successful in the business world when he's done doing heroin? No. He's bad. He's forbidden. He's the one dad didn't want her to have. So that's why she's off with him now in, in Amsterdam and you're sitting there lovesick drinking beer. I'm not done yet. I'll get back to your kids and guns. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. What kind of 90s music was that, Chris? What was that? What was that? Third Eye Blind? They're the ones who did that song about meth or something that I didn't know. I really need to start listening to the words before I play these songs with my kids. All right. Back to the story. The Ask Dr. Jesse question here on the Jesse Kelly show. The Ask Dr. Jesse question was about guns and kids and, and how you handle them. The guy's already handling them right. How I have always handled guns with my kids is this. I kill the curiosity. I kill the need to, to, to make guns forbidden to them. My sons know. You want to see any one of my weapons, anytime, just ask me. I will never and have never say no. The answer is never no for that specific thing. Now, I tell my kids no all the time for other things, 
Not when they want to see the guns. Can I see it? Can I hold it? Absolutely. Let's. Here's the weapon. Here's how you handle it safely. Here's where you point it. Here's where you don't point it. Hold it like a man. I will unload it for them. Make sure they know how to check and see if it's unloaded. Yes, hold it. Oh, you want to you want to squeeze the trigger? Please squeeze the trigger. Go ahead. What have I done there? The same thing you've done. I kill the curiosity of it. And you don't have to do this part. I believe in it, but I understand this sounds really harsh and it's going to be too much for a lot of people. And I get it. But I believe in this all the way and I this is what I do with my kids. I'm very, very brutally honest when I talk to them about the consequences. I will have them both staring me in the face, and I don't say things, well, just be careful, or or someone might get hurt. I will look him right in the eye, and I'll say, James, do you want to shoot your brother in the face and have his brains fall out all over you? Do you know what it would be like to live the rest of your life knowing you killed your brother? Then be careful where you point your weapon. I'm not saying that those kind of things to them to, to, to be mean. I'm trying to drive it home to them the stakes of what's, what, what matters if they're unsafe with their weapons. And it does work. It gets it. And I've always done that with the kids. And the wife can find it a little shocking, but she doesn't disagree with it. I say that when it comes to uh, kidnappers and stuff like that. Now, by the grace of God, I have two boys, and they're getting big and big and big really, really fast. But their whole lives, I don't tell them, now, son, don't approach a stranger in a car. I tell them, son, if you approach that stranger in, your, in that car, he's going to grab you and throw you in the trunk of his car and take you down to a dungeon and hurt you in unimaginable ways before he chops you up into little pieces. I'm not saying that to them because I want to be mean. I'm saying that because I love them so much and I want to drive it home to them what the stakes are. That scumbag holding the puppy out the window you want to pet, the second you think about it with your poor impulse control as a young boy, I want you to remember, oh man, dad told me that guy wants to chop me up into little pieces. I think I'll keep moving along. So you're doing it right, bud. You're doing it right. Just keep driving it home to him. Keep killing that curiosity. Now this... Maybe one of the most satisfying updates of an Ask Dr. Jesse question we've ever had on the show. We're here doing a public service, Chris. We're here doing a public service. And yes, I'm going to get to this New York Times reporter deleting a tweet here in a second. The, the question was, and I think this was yesterday and I read it early. The guy basically said, well, I'll just read the email. He said, my company's giving me a 10-year anniversary present worth $500 and told me to pick whatever I want. The problem is... Should I tell the wife? She'll probably want something dumb like a new oven or brakes or for her truck. Whereas I would like to point out, I have all 1911 sizes. He's talking about uh, weapons. Of course, I'd love to hide it forever, but I'm not sure the stress is worth it. I need your, I need your wise, wise input. And to what I told him yesterday was, we all tell little white lies to the spouse. Everybody does. No, honey. The, that, that dress doesn't make you look fat at all. Of course not. She tells it, she does it to you too. Look, husband, I love you so much. You're still the best looking man I've ever seen, even at 50. That's a lie. But we, we do those little white lies, right? But you want to make sure they stay little white lies. 
when you get to the point you're hiding cash and gifts and stuff like that, you're probably starting to tread on some dangerous territory. So what I said was, just tell her she might surprise you and tell you to go get the gun. He writes back today. He did it and says, update. I took your advice and told her. As I don't get my money until Christmas, I'm not going to say her name, blank suggested I buy a gun. Is there a better woman in this world? See, fellas, show some faith in her. She might just surprise you. You know, a new oven wouldn't be the end of the world, though, too. I've always been a big believer in this. If the wife wants to spend some money on kitchen stuff when she's the one making the dinners, unless it involves meat of some kind, by all means, honey, go ahead. I like this new expensive mixer. I'm not going to argue if I'm the one eating the homemade turnovers. All right. New York Times reporter, foxnews.com. New York Times reporter deletes tweets urging Trump supporters to be called enemies of the state. Her name was Katie Benner. She's with the New York Times. I'm not going to go into all the things she was tweeting. I'm just going to say this. Uh, we're in a period of time now where they already think you're enemies of the state. They already do. The Democratic Party thinks that. And because they've been so successful at, one, packing the federal bureaucracy with their people, and two, churning out generation after generation after generation of anti-America communist scumbags, the truth is this. And it's an ugly truth. It's hard. But we've, we've said some of those already tonight. The truth is this virtually every part of the system already thinks you're an enemy of the state. They do. They really do. I mean, you remember we just did something on it the other day. All the big tech platforms, they're all lining up to keep coming after you. I mean, they already have been. They're lining up to do more. PayPal is even teaming up with other people to cut off finances from people on the right. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Just people they consider to be extremists. They're already lining up to do all of these things. They all consider you to be an enemy of the state. I've used this example before, but it works so well. I want you to think about the little commie nutballs who run Facebook. Facebook's a great example. The little communist nutballs who run Facebook. Do you think they think your last 10 Facebook posts were extreme? Do they? Now let's take that over to the FBI. Do you think they think your last 10 Facebook posts would be extreme? Do you think the New York Times thinks your last 10 Facebook posts are extreme? Do you think Nancy Pelosi would look at your last 10 Facebook posts and consider them to be extreme? They already think you're an enemy of the state. They already think that. They're just putting in motion everything they have to put in motion to make sure you are officially an enemy of the state. That's what all this is about. That's what they're really going for here. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is this. Yes, we've lost all the national, all the federal cultural institutions. We've lost them. I'm sorry. We've lost them. We want to try to take them back, but they're gone. We have not, however, lost all of the states themselves. And there is still real power in the states, the individual states. What do I mean by that? I'll tell you in a second.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show. What a great song that is. Why do you walk on the wrong side of the hall, Chris? This happens all the time. Just to give everyone a clue, I'll get back to the States thing in just a second. Chris walks on the opposite side of the hall he should. You walk down the hall on the same side you drive. This is not London. This is America. We walk on the right side of the hall, meaning you should be on the other side. Then we won't have to do that every time. I don't care that you're coming up on a blind corner. It's the same as the rules of the road, man. All right, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get focused here. You have you have one thing left because we lost all the federal things. You know, we lost our system. We lost the control of our institutions. We're going to fight to get them back, but we lost them. You do have the states. This is why I've encouraged people so much to balkanize right now. When I say that, I mean this. If it's possible for you, and I totally get it's not possible for some people, if it's possible for you with your job and family, move. Move. I don't tell you that because I want you to, uh, everyone to move to Florida, you know, because I'm uniquely invested in some location or something like that. I tell you to move because the states, the individual states, they still do have a great deal of power to provide some level of protection to you from what's coming. And remember this, when you move, move and run for office. Do not pack up your stuff and move down to Texas just so you can live in the burbs and barbecue on the weekends. I mean, yeah, live in the burbs and barbecue on the weekends, of course, I'm not, and enjoy our wonderful Tex-Mex, but... Get down here and run for office. You have to move to these places and then fortify these places against the communist hordes. The communist hordes never grow tired. They will not stop looking at these places. They will keep coming. Move and fortify. Do not consider this to be surrender. You know what George Washington's greatest move was as a general? It was his go-to move, and generals to this day study Washington's ability to do this. You want to know what it was? It's going to be the most disappointing thing in the world. The tactical retreat. The tactical retreat. Washington was the master at figuring out, okay, I can't win this battle on this field, so I'm not going to lose all all the troops I have that I can't replace by fighting an unwinnable battle here, I will simply move to a different place so I can fight the battle at a more favorable time and location, at a time and location of my choosing. That's what a tactical retreat is. You're not giving up on whatever area. You're doing a tactical retreat so you're not stuck behind enemy lines wasted to us who need you as it continues to get worse. Hi, Jesse. I just wanted to chime in on hot women running for office question. I actually, I, We had Catalina Lauf on yesterday. She's running for office uh, in a primary. She's running for Congress in a primary against Adam Kinzinger in Illinois. Kinzinger's that loser who voted to impeach Trump and the one who cried. Chris, play the, play the Kinzinger crying, fake crying during the January 6th hearing. This, this is the Adam Kinzinger she's running against. You know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys helped. 
You know, democracies are not. <laughs> All right, she's the one running against she's the one running against that dude there. And we had Catalina Lauf on yesterday. And yes, I absolutely asked her, do you think being so hot hurts your chances running for office? Because she is. I mean, just smoking hot by any measure of, of, of by any measure, she is. But I wasn't just asking it to be to, you know, be funny. And if you want to hear her answer, you'd have to download yesterday's podcast. I was asking it because I legitimately wonder, does it help or hurt a woman running for office if you are so attractive? I understand it'll always help with dudes. All right, but look, we're dogs. Of course it's going to help with dudes. Women are famously jealous when it comes to other beautiful women. Men are jealous too, horribly, but it's not as much about looks. It's about professional success. And that's because, look, the reasons for that are women are always going to be judged by their appearance, always. That's the way we're biologically built. Men will always be judged by their professional success. Again, that's the way we're biologically built. Women want a man who can provide. Men want a woman who's a dime. So is it going to hold back women from supporting a woman who's that good looking? Is there going to be some natural born resentment there? Anyway, this lady had what she thinks is an answer. Just wanted to chime in on the hot women running for office question. I see it as a major benefit. It shows me that she cares about her appearance and has self-respect for her body. Being hot is a major value in today's age when your face is blasted all over so many screens, whether it's TV or social media. People are naturally drawn to those who are bestowed with the gifts of natural beauty. Like me, Chris. What? Anyway, if she has a brain slash intellect, that is one of the best assets a woman can have. Thanks. And she didn't say I could say her name. I, I, I don't know. I would tend to... Here's the thing. I probably asked the wrong audience, but it's the only audience I can have. Let's be frank. I understand we have a lot of dimes who listen to the show, but they're all self-confident ones who aren't going to be jealous of another dime. So it's probably the wrong audience. We probably needed to ask a liberal audience, what do you think about that dime running for office? They'd probably just trash her. <laughs> all right. Focus, Chris. Handsome Oracle. I have a dilemma. And there's no one else on earth who is better equipped to help. I don't even know your dilemma, and I know that that's true. Back to this. I have jury duty next week, and from the summons, it seems like they're going to want me to wear a mask. How do I balance my civic duty to serve with my extreme hatred for masking? Faith, faithful listener and fan of the Jess, from the Jesse Kelly brief days says his name is Heath. I've always actually believed in jury duty. I know that makes me a minority. I'm one of the few people who didn't. I've never tried to get out of jury duty. I believe in it all the way. What, Chris? Oh, I forgot about that time I was on jury duty. I should tell that story. All right, let's, ha- let's have a little jury duty talk, you and I. Because I know this sounds hokey, and I know it sounds cliche. I just do believe, I believe it's an obligation to be on jury duty. And if I were you, buddy, honestly, I'd put on a mask and go try to do it. Because I think whoever is being charged with the crime deserves people there who care enough to sit down and listen and try to be judged by a jury of his peers. I know all this sounds like pie-in-the-sky stuff. I just believe in it. I believe in it all the way. And I always have. Now, because of what I do now, I'll never be on a jury again. I actually got summoned for jury duty about, it was about six months to a year ago, Chris? Six months to a year ago, got summoned for jury duty. 
and actually made it through the first couple rounds just randomly when they were picking numbers. And then, boom, I find out the entire defense team knows me. And so they, the, the, the prosecution just struck me right away as soon as they found out what I did. Conservative talk radio host, I'm not going to get on a jury ever, ever. But long, long time ago, I did get on a jury. I very much did get on a jury. And here's how it went. I was young. I want to say 27. I was 26, 27 years old, so I was pretty young. I get called down for jury duty. Again, these are the days. I mean, this is pre-political days. I was working construction, so this is in Tucson, Arizona. They tell me, all right, we need you to come down for jury duty. I drive on down. I do the same thing you do. I get the day off of work. I wait and wait and wait, and they keep pulling my number and pulling my number and pulling my number, and they're asking everybody, do you, is there a reason you can't join? And everyone's clearly making up excuses. You know, my mom's dying, all these things. And they get to me, and I won't make up an excuse. Boom, I end up on the jury. You'd think it's just going to be a normal DUI case. No, it was most definitely not a normal DUI case. I will tell you about that case in just a second. But first, Oxford Gold Group. Oxford Gold Group does something other people aren't doing. They put real gold and silver in your hands. Not a piece of paper saying you own something somewhere, maybe, I don't know, I'm not really sure. Oxford Gold Group puts gold and silver you can hold in your hands. Have you seen the inflation numbers? Have you seen what they're saying out there? The Fed chairman, he, he's openly admitting now, ah, yeah, the inflation, ooh, yeah, that's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Make sure you are diversified enough so you're not financially ruined if they continue to destroy the value of the dollar. Oxford Gold Group can walk you through it. And don't be intimidated. It couldn't possibly be easier. And they've promised they will take care of my listeners. Call them today. 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Buy something solid. Buy something you can hold in your hands. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. That's a little dark, Chris. Rob, that's Rob Zombie, right? Or was that White Zombie? There was a lot of zombies in there, and there was some uncomfortable makeup, and it was it was not good. It was anyway. Jury duty. It's the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Doctor Jesse Friday. You can still email your questions in during the show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And just to clarify, no. I didn't forget to give out the phone number earlier. I was considering giving out the phone number earlier for the first time ever. I decided you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. If if I give it out, you will ruin it. You will call in and you will say things. Hi, Jesse. Uh, I love you. Uh, How are you today? Uh, And everybody's bored. I don't think you're ready to be rude like me. Get right to the point. All right, back to jury duty. I end up making this jury. I'm 27 years old, and I was worried about taking a day off of work because I never like to take a day off of work. Well, they tell you once you're on, uh, sorry, this trial is going to last a week. I say, wait, what? Because apparently most of the time 
Like 90% of the time you're on the jury, it's a DUI case. You're just going in there to observe a DUI thing, which is a day, half a day. Not my case. My case was a heroin sting. And it was so stinking cool. It was so cool. We sat down and I, I took uh, one of the seats in the front because I wanted to be up there for all the evidence and whatnot. And it was four or five days in the trial. There were multiple defendants on trial at once. I'm pretty sure they were all illegal immigrants because at the very beginning of it, the judge announced that no one was allowed to ask the immigration status of everybody, which automatically tells you all you need to know, right? So they're all illegal immigrants. But we get there and it's straight out of the movies because the whole trial is undercover video and audio of these undercover cops meeting with these guys and buying heroin from them and selling heroin from them. It was something right out of the movies. If I sound excited about it, I was excited about it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It was the absolute coolest thing ever. But, and this is the part I get made fun of for to this day, the wife constantly brings this up. The trial ends, and now it's time for jury deliberations. And these guys were, I mean, clearly guilty. They had them on camera for everything they were doing. They were clearly guilty. And we go back in and it's, again, I'm young. I'm 26, 27 years old and everyone else is 40s, 50s. Everyone else is much, much older. We sit down and they, they had told us, first thing you have to do is elect a jury foreman. And then from there, the foreman will take charge and you'll figure out how to, how you're going to find on all the multiple charges. I don't remember how many charges there were. I just remember there were several of them. So we sit down. Nobody wants to take charge. Nobody wants to take charge. And I'm, I've, I'm trying to be as nice as possible. And finally, I speak up. I'm, I'm like, we have to pick a jury foreman now. I don't know what we're doing. We're going to be here forever if we don't pick a jury foreman. Let's all gather together now. Put something down on a piece of paper. Whoever you want to be jury foreman, put it down and let's go. And to which someone pipes up and says, what well, sounds like you should be jury foreman. And I said, all right, fine, I'm jury foreman. Now we're going to go through this thing. And I had them all, I'm like, sit down and shut up. We're going down through these things one at a time because, yes, the trial was fun, but I don't want to be stuck here in this room with you people anymore. And we sat there and went through everything, single one. I think it was an hour, maybe. And boom, we were done on all charges. <laughs> to this day, I get mocked relentlessly by the wife who calls me jury foreman. She says this. And I don't think it's true, but she says this. She says, I tend to take charge of whatever scenario I'm in. I just assume I'm in charge of it. And I don't think that's true. Chris, do you think that's true? Oh, you suck. Dear Jesse Kelly, can you explain why the left hates Rush Limbaugh? I never had the opportunity to listen to him. I came into conservative podcast slash radio too late in life. I saw a lot of people on Facebook post about how he was a racist and what have you. What exactly are they talking about? I've only heard great things about the man from the people I listen to. Listen, Rush Limbaugh, um, Rush Limbaugh changed things. In a, for the United States of America, he changed things. He was that big. Well, let me explain. He, at a time when other people were not doing it, Rush Limbaugh stepped up and he not only told people how they should think about politics and the size of government and life and things like that, Rush Limbaugh did so in a way most people can't. Most people on the air today cannot do it. He did so in a way that was entertaining and thought-provoking. I mean, how many times have I, have I told you this? 
I'm not your leader. I'm not in charge of anything. My only job, I have one job. You know what my job is? Be interesting. Now, I happen to be on the far, far right, and I happen to believe a great deal in what we talk about here every day, but my job is to make your day better. If your commute is 15 minutes or two hours and 15 minutes, my job is to make it better. If you listen to me when you work out or when you cook or whatever you do, my job is to make your day better. Yeah, informative, but entertaining. He could do that like no one else ever has and no one else ever will. And he could do that without the aid of anybody. He would just go three hours, no guests, no calls. He'd just sit down and riff all three hours just like that and entertain you. And one second he's taking you here and the other second he's taking you there. It was just a very unique talent. It was, it was a unique talent. You don't, you don't get people like that. He used to joke, you know, talent on loan from God. He wasn't wrong, though. I mean, there just aren't people. And here's the thing, and I'm not going to name drop anything because I have respect for people in my industry, but some of the biggest shows in the country today, they can't come close to that. They just can't come close to it because it's not because they're bad people. They don't have the ability. Like, I don't have the ability to do that. That's that's a next level. And I appreciate all the all the, the kind words of people saying they think I'm the next one and whatnot. There is no next one. Like I've said, I get that. So why did people hate him? Why did the left hate him so much? Specifically because he was so effective. I try to tell uh, friends and family this when they're going through things with their friends at school or, or friends at work or, or maybe they're in some online fight in social media where, where the left is really, really being nasty. I mean, you know how nasty they can be. You've seen the things they say to me. I laugh, but it's harder for other people. But all the time, I, I, I have these conversations. You'll, you'll get to a neighborhood party, and a buddy of mine will come up, and he'll be, hey, uh, I ended up saying this on uh, Twitter or something like that, or to a coworker. And they started saying all these things to me that was so hateful. And you know what I tell these people? You know what I tell every one of them? I'll tell you in a second. You might think I'm foolish. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's the final hour. And no, I'm not helping you with your house, Chris. Chris, keep, See, Chris just moved into a new house. And I'll get back to my question in just a second. Chris just moved into a new house. He wants help because I've done a lot of house stuff, like flipping houses. No. No. I am 40 now. I'm not 20. I don't go help people move. I don't help do anything. If you want like a gift card or something like that to someplace, I'm happy to, I'm happy to provide. But no, I am not helping you with anything. And people say things like, why? You've done it a bunch before. Yeah, that's why. They used to say it to me when I got out of the Marine Corps. If I didn't like the food or something, they'd say, well, you had to eat terrible food in the Marines. Yeah, that's why I don't want to do it anymore. Back to my thing. If people are mean to you, the question was, why do people hate Rush Limbaugh? And if you encounter this in your life, if leftists are being terrible to you, you really have to get to a place where you consider it to be a compliment because it is. What does it mean? It means you're doing the right thing. What's that old saying? If you're catching flack, you're over the target. That's what it means. If these people get angry at you, you need to not just withstand it, not endure it. You need to wade into it. You need to love it. You need to embrace it. You must get there. We must change our mentality to a warrior mentality. We must change our mentality to being one where when the enemy hates us, 
hates us a lot. We're happy. People wonder how I get asked all the time, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? I mean, shoot, some of the Ask Dr. Jesse questions are about it because they hate me so much. I don't deal with it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. it it's, it's something I take a great deal of joy in. I love trashing these people. I love, I know exactly what communists think about me. I know exactly what communists think about my country. I know exactly what each and every one of these people would do to me and my family if they thought they could get away with doing so. That person, I want that person to be miserable. I want them to hate me. I do. And look, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe that's a moral failing of me. But I'm not changing. Dear Dr. J. Steele the third, I keep forgetting I gave myself a, the third on the end of that, Chris. I like that. I've, I am the third now. Your perspective on potential hair loss couldn't be more accurate. It is disturbing. You, sir, are not losing hair. Rather, you are completely dominating the face race and isn't blessing the world with more of your Adonis chiseled face a blessing and a benefit? What, Chris? All right. Now. He says, fairly new listener in the last three months. Love you guys. Keep fighting the good fight and dropping the truth. Be, br- be blessed, my brothers. All right. Now, <clears throat> what I said about hair loss was this. I don't care. Look, my hairline, it's not like I'm going bald, but it's starting. My hairline's starting to retreat back towards my ears, and it looks kind of thin up top. What, Chris? Chris said, am I going to shave it? Yes. Listen, fellas, again, I've said this before. I need you to hear me here. I need you to hear me, guys. Your toupee looks awful, and everyone can tell it's a toupee. Yes, you. No, I got a professional one. No, it sucks. Everyone can see it, and it looks terrible. And it actually gets worse than this. Your hair color, you're getting your hair colored. Everyone can tell, and it looks terrible. It looks absolutely terrible. As you go bald, the hair gets shorter, not longer. Put away the comb over. Put away everything else. As your hair gets thinner, as you go bald, shave it down shorter and shorter and shorter. That's one. Two, as you go gray, let it go. Let it go, man. The father time is undefeated. It's undefeated. I broke to you the story yesterday that I had to go get glasses. I never wear them. I'm still just preferring to squint. And yeah, I can't see the street signs and it's maybe getting fairly dangerous, but that's the side, the point. Just go gray. Go gray. You're getting old. It's okay. I try to tell this to women all the time and people think I'm lying. Ladies, you're hotter in your 40s than you were in your 20s. I know you don't think that. Those lines you're getting on your face, those are hot. And you're not nearly as annoying as you used to be. Women are hotter in their 40s and 50s than they were when they were younger. It's fine you're getting older. Yeah, get older. That's part of life. You're not going to be 20 years old forever. I'm getting lines beside my eyes. My, My beard has gray all through it. My hairline's retreating towards my ears like the Italian army. There's nothing I can do about it. I don't care. I'm not going to use hair dye. I'm not going to get a comb over. I'm not going to I'm not going to get a toupee. I'm going to continue shaving it down as you go along. Father time is undefeated. Plus fellas, one last thing on this. Chicks love gray. 
chicks love gray. They totally dig it. All right. Dear Mr. Wright, I've been a faithful podcast listener and Twitter follower for years. I'm amazed how many times I think, gee, he is right after listening to the podcast. However, lately I have been more willing to fight for what I believe and be more purposeful. And she's using my words. I am actively supporting our local Republican candidates and really do think about where I spend my money. There are many on the right who are willing to take the there aren't many on the right who are willing to take the heat from the rabid left like you are. I have two questions for you. Are there any elected officials who are actually fighting for us or can we really not trust any of them to be part of the system? It seems most of them are all talking no action. And two, I know you say you will never run for office again, but we need someone strong like you fighting for our side. So is there any way you could be more involved without running, say, as an advisor? Trump didn't choose the right people around him. You could be the right person. Says I can use her name. Her name is Sherry. She also says, boy, this is ridiculous. The only time I've ever disagreed with you is on Church's jalapeno cheese bombers. Those are absolutely disgusting. Sherry, check yourself. All right. The jalapeno cheese bombers at Church's Chicken are maybe the most underrated menu item in the United States of America. In the United States of America, trust the menu whisperer on this one. Now, granted, it is Church's Chicken. There's a chance you'll be stabbed. But if you get out of there without any violent crimes being committed against you, you will enjoy your jalapeno cheese bombers. I promise. That's one. Two. There are good Republicans up there. There are some. There are a lot of charlatans and blowhards. There are a lot of people who are outnumbered, and there are a lot of rhino losers. The point we have to make is this. We have to demand more of them, and we have to replace them. I'm glad you're getting involved in the local races, as I've been encouraging you to do. Get involved. Be more purposeful. Be more of an activist than you've ever been. And look, when I say that to you, I do it too now, and it sucks. Uh, it feels better. You're doing your duty, but it sucks. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved in this. I don't want to help this congressman with these talking points or or talk to this senator. I don't. I don't. It does nothing for me to talk to these people. The only reason I choose to do it is because look, it matters. I've actually haven't told anybody this before. Uh, that big study that came out on the Navy. Remember we read it recently, the study came out on the Navy and the force wasn't ready and, and the, all the, they interviewed a bunch of guys anonymously and the guys are saying all we do is study critical race theory and the Navy's getting weak and all these other things. You know where that study came from? Me. The study came from me. I had a United States senator, a buddy I know, I'm not going to give you his name, reached out, we got with his staff because I had been saying a bunch of these things online about the force getting weaker we got with his staff, and he decided, okay, I think you have a point here. Let's launch this study. They launched the study. It leaked in the news. That's why That's why I'm never going to run again. can do more good now than I can do sitting there as one of many. That's why. As far as being an advisor goes, I don't, I don't know. I don't, look, when, when someone I actually care about calls me for advice, I give them advice. If not, I don't. All right, it's enough of that nonsense. Listen to me. How hard do you work for your money? How hard have you worked for your money? Dang hard, right? Protect it. Protect it. 
They're blowing your money for you without spending a dime. This inflation is crushing us, absolutely crushing us. Call Oxford Gold Group. Hear me out. I trust these people. I trust these people. I know them. I trust them. I tell family members of mine to go to Oxford Gold Group, and they have promised me they will take good care, extra special care of my listeners. So when you call them, tell them Jesse Kelly told you to call. They'll put real gold and real silver in your hands, things that have tangible value, things that had tangible value a 1,000 years ago and that will have tangible value a 1,000 years from now, gold and silver. Call Oxford Gold Group today, 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Buy a bit of something solid, 833-995-GOLD. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday, on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Headline from Fox News. White House walks back previous statement on possibility of new COVID lockdowns. Yeah, they walked back the statement because they got crushed by the American public. These people, what they're doing now, they're starting to put out feelers. They're starting to feel out what they can and can't get away with. Because rest assured, what Bill de Blasio said on CNN, this is how they all really think. They just don't know what they can get away with. We've got to shape people at this point and say, come on now. We tried voluntary. You know, we could not have been more kind and compassionate as a country. Free testing everywhere you turn, incentives, friendly, warm embrace. The voluntary phase is over. We can keep doing those things. I'm not saying shut it down. I'm saying voluntary alone doesn't work. It's time for mandates. These people. These people have gotten way too comfortable talking to you like that. That is a mayor. That's not a president. Even if it was the president, it wouldn't be okay. But presidents, governors, congressmen, senators, the voluntary phase is over? Did someone make you a king over the voluntary phase is over? Look how comfortable they are talking to you like that. When did we allow these scumbags to get that comfortable talking to you and I like that? This is America. We are the land of the free. The voluntary phase is over when I say it's over, not when you say it's over. You're not going to force me to do anything, but you're going to see them continue as they ramp up the coronavirus panic and ramp up the vaccine panic, you're going to see them keep feeling out. They're going to keep feeling it out. What can we get away with? What can't we get away with? Do you think we can make them do this? Ooh, ah, we got too much pushback on that. Okay, so let's drop that. Let's try to make them do that. That's why Biden's probing hard on this military vaccine for the military, this mandatory vaccine for the military. That's why he's pressing so hard on it now. That's the next big thing he can do. They're simply going to press everywhere they can possibly press and try to crush you and shame you and beat you down until you feel like there's no choice at all. No choice at all. That's the game plan right now. Jesse, 
On your July 29th show, you mentioned that mandating the COVID vaccine is going to drive out the kind of person we want and need in the military. I agree, but here's the deal. I think they know it. They know that the military is the last federal institution that has any meaningful proportion of conservatives in it. They want those kinds of people out. They see it as a counter-revolutionary insurrectionist threat. Communists have a long history of purges in their military. The vaccine mandate, CRT crap, and making recruiting more about equity and diversity than about training warfighters is their way of quietly purging and rebuilding their own image. There are two kinds of conservatives left in the military. Those who are tired of the BS and getting out now, and those who want to persevere until they can retire. We need a few good men, but they're going to be hard to hold on to. He said, don't use his name because he's still active duty, and he says he doesn't want to be part of the next purge. Keep trucking, my brother. Keep trucking. Um, He's also right. He's also right. One of the first things communists have always done is put political officers in the military. It's such a weird thing to even say, right? A political officer. What does that even mean, a political officer? Well, yeah, you have your generals and captains and sergeants and privates and all these guys, and they'll do the actual war fighting and such, but there's also a political guy, and he works just for the party. He's not really in charge of strategy, but he is there to make sure nobody thinks about getting out of line and going against the party. We're doing the exact same thing right now in America, just in a different fashion. And he's right. It's going to quietly purge the people we want. This vaccine mandate, you're going to have guys not re-enlisting, checking out, goodbye. I'm not sure if they're going to get away with the mandate entirely yet, but they're dang well going to try. I promise you that. Chris, you have that Kinzinger bit again. I want you to play the Kinzinger bit real bit because we have a Ask Dr. Jesse question about this. Play the Kinzinger bit. Not Joe Biden's butt's wiped. You know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined. (laughs) I got an email about it. Oh, wise one. I could not agree more with your take on men crying. Every dude that shed a tear during the Capitol riot hearings should get a slap across the face. What a bunch of wusses. You are exactly right on the cause of this. The feminization of our society is to blame. Men need to start acting like men again and kick this crap to the curb. When I was growing up, there were four acceptable times a man could shed a tear. Immediately after the birth of a child, the death of a close family member, when kicked or punched below the belt, when watching Old Yeller. (laughs) Also, just give out the call-in number, dang it. All right. No, you can't have the number yet. But two, it's, look, I'm not anti-crying at all. Men have emotions too sometimes. I think men are way too into it these days, though. Men feel like they should because you get social media brownie points for it. Oh, I had such a hard day. My boss was speaking. Oh, shut up. Buck up, buttercup. Yeah, obviously, if you're if you're crying over a lost loved one and stuff like that, that's fine. All that stuff is fine. Men do it today. It's not that I have a problem as much with men crying. I'm not a big crier myself, but it's not that I have a bit a problem as much with men crying. It's that I have a problem with the fact that men want to cry because they feel like they should cry. 
Look at how emotional and broken I am. Look at look at everything I'm going through. This isn't good for my mental health. Oh gosh. Come on with that. I mean, this person, this person went on national TV. And again, it's not that he cried. Yeah, it was a fake cry. It was that he cried on purpose, thinking that was what he was supposed to do. You know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys helped. You know, democracies are not defined. <laughs> that is so embarrassing. Even, even if you're a communist and you disagree with me politically, it's so embarrassing that a man feels like he should conduct himself that way. It is. It's terrible. And I don't know how we got to this point in our society where everybody feels like vomiting out their emotions at all times is what's necessary. It's what's healthy. You know what's healthy and necessary for a nation? Success, competition, winning, toughness. You know, toughness is a good thing. You want your country to be tough. We should all, you and I both, want to be tougher than we are now. Toughness is something you aspire to. It's not something you shun away. You don't aspire to be as weak as possible. So all the ladies on social media will will click like and make you feel better. Gosh, that's pathetic. All right. We are uh, churning and burning here. We have an Ask Dr. Jesse question about dorks in politics. Hang on. You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands? Asked him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I know what you're saying right now. Wow, Jesse, you're so cool, but what does that have to do with anything we were talking about? Oh, absolutely nothing. I just think it's a cool movie. <laughs> I hope I hope you're not under the impression we plan the show out. There's no, there's no real planning here, per se. Chris sends me an email. Look, here's how the show happens before I get back to your questions. Chris sends me an email with... A bunch of national stories, 15, 20 national stories, uh, half hour before the show starts. And I look at the list and I say, print this one, this one, and this one. It's normally five to 10 stories I haven't print out. And then they're sitting there printed out right by the microphone at showtime. And I walk in the studio door and I sit down and I look at them and I start talking. I wish I could tell you there was more to it than that. There probably should be more to it than that, but it's working. I mean, it, 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 look, the show is fine. The show, it's the fastest growing radio show in the United States of America. Clearly it's working. I don't know. I don't know. Dear Dr. Jesse, you brought up a great point about goobers like Eric Swalwell being allowed to thrive in our current system. By using our niceness against us, these geeks not only have made geekiness a virtue, they use their geekiness as a tool for bullying us, not only in public, but in private settings. I think the only way we fight back is by bringing back the adult version of stuffing these dorks in a locker. 
<laughs> we can't let the goobers get away with it any longer, and I fear the only way is to mock and humiliate them further for their weakness. You keep up the great work. He says I can use his name. His name is Matt from California. I would just say this. <clears throat> we don't talk enough about the huge failure of America's anti-bullying programs. You see, there's nothing worse than being bullied. Nothing. Now, look, every dude has gone through it at some point in time in his life because we all have a young, weak, awkward phase. I have, you have, every dude has. We've all gone through it. And when your son goes through it, and daughter, when your child goes through it, just know they're the most miserable human being on the earth in that, in that moment. There is nothing more emasculating. There's nothing more devastating. You, you, you want to die as a kid when you get bullied. And because parents would come home or kids would come home and see mom and dad after school and they would say, honey, what's wrong? Why are you crying in your cereal? And the child would explain what happened. I mean, that's not something that's not something you forget as a parent. I'll tell you, one of my sons is actually going through it as we speak. Told me he doesn't want to go back to this particular place. I said, why? He said, they're calling me terrible names. They're calling me this. They're calling me that. And look. I'm an unfeeling monster. That cut my heart out. It just absolutely cut my heart out. But so America's response to that was different than my response. My response to my son was, okay, um, let's go get some boxing gloves and boxing pads and let's learn how to sock somebody in the face and prevent yourself from being socked in the face. Now, you can think I'm a monster all you want, but... How many school shootings did we have before America's anti-bullying programs? The truth is this. I'm going to give it to you right between the eyes. It's actually healthy for young men to go meet out behind the gym in a patch of grass and have a little scrap. It's not fun. Your adrenaline's through the roof. You can break a leg, break a hand, come home with a black eye. Nobody got shot. Everybody worked out their aggression as men have to do. And you know this? Here's a funny thing people don't talk about enough. The majority of the time, the majority of the time, dudes will become close friends with the dude they were just socking in the face. There is an elevated level of respect amongst men when you decide, let's step in the arena and handle this. Winner, loser, I've seen it more times than I can count. I've been part of it more times than I can count. You get up, hug it out. Buddy, you're all right. Let's go get a beer and chase some women around once we patch our faces up. I know that sounds rough and cavemanish, but when you do the alternate, which is what we did because we're a feminized society now, we decided, oh my gosh, I can't believe little Bryson is being bullied. We need anti-bullying programs and let's crack down on bullies and... So what do we do now? We tell kids, oh, uh, you need to go tattle. Oh, you're being bullied? That goes against the school's anti-bullying program. You go tattle. So here's what you really did. You didn't allow your child to find a way to overcome that obstacle. One. Two, you took that child who was being bullied, and they were unable to get an outlet for the anger and humiliation they feel. And then it's going to happen to them again because they tattled last time. And it's going to happen to them again and happen to them again and happen to them again. And soon, if you're not careful, 
you're going to have a powder keg of a young man on your hands who might do something absolutely dreadful. I know people think I'm a barbarian when I say kids should be able to just go have a scrap. I'm not trying to be. Look, I'm the believer. I know this is wild. People think I'm crazy. I believe we should have boxing in schools. I, uh, I've seen it firsthand. We actually did boxing in my high school. They called it a smoker where you would fight kids. You could fight kids from other high schools. You just agreed, put on the gloves, get in there, fight it out. Guess what? Virtually everybody hugging after the, t- after the thing was over. Good fight, man. Let's work it out. No serious injuries. Nobody shot. Nobody killed. Bloody nose, lost tooth here and there. Maybe someone popped a knuckle. And now people get along and the tension got removed. But instead, we stopped that. And now we have a country full of very, very, very tense young men. No one wants to have this talk. And I guarantee I'll get hate mail about it. And that's fine. The best solution when your child is getting bullied is not you calling the school, not an anti-bullying program, not your child running and talking to the teacher. The best solution is your child taking their hand, balling it up in a tight fist, and smashing it into his face. I know that sucks, and I know that's going to be controversial, and everybody will get mad. It's best for everybody. It's best for the bully. It's best for your child. It's best for the environment of the school. Bullies must be taught. They must be taught. They don't learn on their own. And he doesn't stop being a bully the second he gets put in the school's anti-bullying program. He's the same kid, and your kid's just going to get bullied more now because now he's prey. And the guy's not wrong. This is what has produced people like Eric Swalwell. You have these goobers now who have no idea about their place in society. Jesse, quick note on your comment on Charleston. My girlfriend and I just went there on vacation there two weeks ago, and it was amazing. Great food, history, and drink. Even for being a liberal city, it's incredibly safe, as South Carolina lefties are basically moderates. This place is blood red. As a side note, we also went to Savannah, Georgia, and the food there was even more incredible. A fellow menu whisperer like I felt, <laughs> felt like uh, that needed to be said. Now for the point of my email. After seeing de Blasio's comments about how vaccines needed to be forced— and they can't be nice anymore, I think it's important the audience knows his true story. His real name is Warren Wilhelm. His parents were both literal communists. They were, by the way. I believe even something small like calling him his real name will help break the communists. Peace be with you, fellow menu whisperer. See, Chris, there aren't many of us. You won't understand. Look, you can roll your eyes all you want. There's a kinship. We're basically like the real-life uh, Jedi, if you will. There's a secret what? There's a secret menu whisperer order that you're not part of. All right. We have to get to headlines I didn't get to. I know everybody loves that. But first and foremost, my pillow. How many times have you seen a television commercial or seen a statement from a major corporation in this country dogging on America? How many times has it made you angry? You realize there's a huge, huge company out there making the best products you can buy, and they are taking it on the chin on behalf of America every single day. That's my pillow. Mike Lindell at my pillow, he's out there brawling for you and me. And it's not like it's charity work when you buy my pillow stuff. It's all the best stuff. 
I have more my pillow stuff than I can count in my house. Pillows and mattress toppers and sheets and slippers and pajamas and more stuff than I can name. And their towel set, incredible. It's normally $109.99 because it's all USA cotton right now. $39.99. If you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code JESSE. MyPillow.com, promo code JESSE. Go get a steal on a six-piece towel set. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show final segment on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I told you we were going to have fun. I told you we were. I'll get to headlines I didn't get to in just a second. Let me try to churn through a couple more of these emails. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Hey, you old crayon eater. That's not very nice. I know your stance on men coaching women. How do you feel about women coaching men? I have stopped watching sports and listening to sports and listening to sports shows. I have a friend told me the Spurs might hire a woman head coach. From an old 22-year-old Army infantry veteran, Rangers lead the way. Oh, barf on you Rangers. <laughs> I'm kidding. Rangers are obviously awesome dudes. Now. Uh, my stance, for those of you who missed it, was we were talking about women's gymnastics, and I believe this firmly. I have always believed it. I will always believe it. Men should not be coaching women's gymnastics. Men should not be coaching women's swimming. Men should not be coaching sports where fit teenage girls are run around half naked. I have spent plenty of time around gymnasts because of my wife and all her friends, and Abuse and inappropriate advances in behavior is not the exception. It is the norm. You have a man surrounded by fit teenage girls in swimsuits. You're asking for trouble. I think it's ridiculous that this still goes on. But setting that aside, women coaching men. (sighs) I actually don't have a huge issue with it. I don't see it as a problem as long as she's good and it's not a diversity hire. I know everyone's going to be shocked by that because everyone thinks I'm a misogynistic jerk. As long as it's not a diversity hire, I don't need her shooting oops. Come up with a strategy that helps us win. If you do, good. If not, get lost. But here's the thing. I do think it will be a problem because she's not going to be assigned the same level of respect because she didn't play. That's just the truth. She didn't play, so she's not going to be assigned the same level of respect. And look, you start having women in NBA locker rooms. We'll see how that goes. Email. Handsome Oracle. What about initially taking some of your... Oh, he's complaining about that I won't give out the phone number. Remember, I have the phone number. I have it right here in my hands. I could give it out to you now. I won't because you'll, you'll drown us with your small talk and it'll ruin the show. What about initially taking some of your emailers that make concise points and recruiting them to make phone calls in a rude fashion, void of small talk that the pace of the show requires? Initially showcasing what a segment on Friday on what these callers should sound like. I am really thankful you are on in Colorado. Really enjoy the common sense from your show. He said it's okay to use his name. His name is Eric. Well, yeah, Eric, but I can't just hand out you the phone number. If I just email you the phone number, here's what happens. You hit forward on it to your mom. 
and you say, Mom, look, Jesse Kelly, he gave out the show's phone number on his show. And your mom says, ah, oh, that's so cool. Jesse Kelly gave you his number. I'm going to forward this to all my relatives. And soon it's up on Facebook. And soon all the masses have it. There's no secure way to get you the number. That's my problem. And as soon as we get these phone calls, look, I, I'm not saying I'm never going to take them. I'm just saying I don't trust yet. I don't trust. I don't want to answer the phone. The audience doesn't want to hear, hi, Jesse, I love you. How are you today? Ugh. Ugh. You got to stop that. Dear Jesse, I'm a female in full agreement with your conclusion regarding flats, women on the front line, and in naval vessels, and women staying at home to raise their children if able to afford it and desiring to do so. And the dire need for men to stand up, speak out, and do their part to protect, defend their families, and so on and so forth. Thanks for speaking the truth, yet balancing it with a desire to improve our day. I wanted to respond to your question regarding who I would trust to get answers regarding COVID-19, vaccines, masks, etc. Peter McCullough, MD, a highly respected cardiologist and medical school professor at Baylor University. Really? Chris, get on it. Let's get Peter McCullough on next week. Look, I've said, I want accurate information. You want accurate information. I'm frustrated because we can't ever seem to get it, ever. Nothing's accurate. Everything has an agenda. All right. Headlines I didn't get to. Flashback. This is from post-millennial. Flashback, I should say. Nancy Pelosi said the federal government cannot require vaccination, cited privacy concerns. None of these people believe in anything. Nancy Pelosi said that way back when she didn't think she could get away with it. Now they're flirting with the idea because they think they might be able to get away with it. That's why these people talk like this. That's why these people do what they do. MLive.com headline, woman burns herself, sets car on fire while trying to kill bed bugs. Oh, that's so gross. I got bed bugs once. Do you know that, Chris? We were traveling for the campaign, and we get to Washington, D.C., and it was during one of the times where there's, a, there's always a million events going on in D.C., and we could not find a hotel room. My buddy, his dad, was some rewards member at some fancy hotel because his dad had been, done a bunch of traveling for them. He calls his dad and says, Dad, we need a favor. We're stuck here for the night. We got no place to sleep. We're on the streets. His dad calls this fancy hotel, and I mean fancy hotel. It was the nicest one I'd ever been in, and we get a room. Well, there's only one bed. It's a king-size bed. And it's, it's not the end of the world, but it's not great, all right? But whatever. Go crash out there. Wake up in the morning, and my ankle is just itching like crazy. I looked down, and the sheet, the sheet that was on the bed, it had pulled up, and my ankle was resting right on the hotel mattress, which is gross enough as it is, resting right on the mattress. But I pick it up and look, and I have all these bumps all over my feet. It was the grossest thing in the world. And this wasn't one of those hourly hotels or something like that. This place was nice. They could not have been more apologetic. Unfortunately, they couldn't give us our money back because we didn't use our money. <laughs> anyway, meth pollution in waterways turns trout into addicts. Man, just meth is such an odd thing. Like, how did that catch on? How did we think we should make Clorox into crystals and smoke it? That'll be fun. I don't understand some of this drug world. All right. It's the Jesse Kelly Show. If you missed any part of it, the whole thing's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. 
on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating in a review talking about how handsome I am. Keep your chin up. Laugh a little. Enjoy your weekend. That's all.